Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back, everybody. It's an all-new episode of your favorite podcast, Talking Terror. I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this quarantine episode. We've been forced to go into quarantine, doing everything that's going on out there, so we hope you're doing safe. I know I am. Got a fridge stock full of beer. Got a movie to talk about tonight, which is my pick, 1990's Night of the Living Dead, directed by Tom Savini. Can't wait to talk about that. But first and foremost, I'm also joined by the bald and the beautiful, the Goofy Keith. Hello, 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 everybody. What is going on tonight? What is going on indeed, and how are you holding up, Google, with everything going on outside? Uh, you know, it's, it's always wonderful around here when we're having our uh, lovely disasters as we are. It's like living in a fucking horror movie in real life, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's just it's so weird. Uh, we're also joined by the demonic doctor himself back in the house. Doc, Hello. Uh, hello, 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 everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Hmm. <laughs> there goes the demonic dean, causing his antics. <laughs> Welcome back. Always good to have Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, good evening, oh, okay. everyone out there in quarantine land as the, the deadly pandemic spreads throughout our midst. Uh, you know, California, the Bay Area, we've been on uh, serious lockdown a bit longer than everyone else. Um, but, and by that being said, I mean like two days now, and I'm already a little bit stir crazy. But uh, you know, here we are. Here we are indeed. And we're also joined by the psychotic Simeon, the man monkey, the prince of my the prince of my morning day. Yes. Give it to me. <laughs> hey there, fight fans. I'm the Mad Monkey. All in lockdown in the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. Uh, here with the Talking Terror crew to bring you the best damn podcast in the land. Talking Terror. <laughs> oh, it's going to be fun tonight. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? What better way to spend one day in quarantine listening to Talking Terror? Listen to a bunch of guys talk some shit, talk about movies. You know, we hope you have your favorite beverages. We hope you have plenty of TP. You know, we're going to have some fun. You know, we're not going to get all, you know, sad and talk about what's going on in the world. we got things to do. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's that? Uh, you, I mean, what's that? I'm sorry, what's uh, that? I, I, I believe that there is something going on uh with the audio, are you guys hearing things as like choppy also? A little bit. It does sound a little choppy on my end. Um, a Monkey, little bit. I mean, I can hear you. Like choppy, choppy lag, anything like that, Monkey? Well, Monkey said he's going to call back in because he couldn't hear us. So, uh, Ghoul, are you having any trouble on your end? Uh, yeah, I was 
it's actually why I was quiet just a couple minutes ago. I was just going over that with the doc because I wasn't sure if it was uh, my headset or if it was the connection. It, was, it might be from the blog talk end of things because no matter what setup I went through, I was getting the same effect. And it's on all of you, so it's not just yeah. it's not just you. It's doc too. Yeah, it's a, a little choppy. Hey. You know, I mean, I can hear all of you. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was uh, me too, but just when I tried to now just call into Blog Talk, he, he, even that was sounding choppy. Uh, you know, the excuse me, the the operator <laughs> recording was sounding choppy as well. So, thanks once again, Blog Talk. It's not like we don't pay you guys. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not like we we pay for services. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, pay our dues. Uh, this is what we get, I guess. You know, even blog talk is affected by uh, COVID nineteen, as it were. Yeah, I, uh, so. I was gonna, I was gonna say, I'll give them a little bit of a break this week, considering, you know, I'm sure everybody's under tr- a tremendous strain to keep operations up, to keep signals strong. Um, you know, internet's like I know over here where we're at, we have internet issues going left and right. You know, our signals going in and out at times, and it's just because so many people are home and using their shit more often. The than whole normal. universe is on the internet right now, indeed. <laughs> so yeah, they should all be listening to us then. If they're all on the internet, what better way to do it than listen to our show? Uh, so we'll try to get through these audio issues. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't get too bad. If it does, we'll just call it a night, and we'll just have to reconvene next week, hopefully. Uh, but, Doc, uh, the floor is yours for anything you want to talk about in the realm of horror with Horror Talk. Oh, yay. So, <laughs> being that we're all trapped inside with nowhere to go, and I guess options as far as what we can do in our, in our respective homesteads, the horror streaming service Shudder has decided to extend their generosity to the horror universe by offering up a free month of Shudder by using the promo code SHUTIN. You can go to Shudder and you can have a free month of Shudder, catch up on, uh, you know, the horror offerings that they have on their streaming service, including the recent creep show Serious. That's a great deal, you know, to do 30 free days while we're all shut in and trying to figure out what the next move is going to be with this virus. Uh, take advantage of it, guys. Take in shut in to get that promo and watch some good movies. I mean, what better way? That's what I'm doing. I mean, I'm doing it in reverse. I'm watching a lot of 90s sitcoms for some reason. But uh, all movies, definitely. <laughs> I got plenty of them. For some reason, I'm on a 90s kick with Parker Lewis, Can't Lose, and Welcome Freshman. So, watching them concurrently. So I got nothing to uh, problem in my hands. Because subliminally you have the stand running through your head, so therefore you're thinking of the the stand T V special, so therefore it's taking you to the cast of Parker Ruiz can't lose. It is. For some reason. I don't know. M O O N spells moon is all I know. Yeah, Larry Kubiak. One of the best. You know, and and Miss Musso, the principal. What a rip off of Paris Bueller, but it's still good. I'm only on season one. <laughs> I have to watch them first because it's just so much 90s I can take with all the fashion. But, uh, yeah, that's the way I'm doing it. And I got plenty of horror movies to keep me company. Um, oh, I know those shirts. <laughs> yeah, those. We went through something in the 90s. Um, but yeah, I know, Monkey, you've been quarantined yourself watching some movies, and I think you caught up with uh, Jojo Rabbit and Knives Out. 
So that's good. I mean, two great films, I think, to check out. Yeah, well, I'm not quarantined. I'm just on reduced hours right now. So, I'm, you know, I'm still getting out there, you know, out of the house some at least. But, yeah, I got so to So you're getting out, out there out of the house, going against everything that the experts say, which is to stay away from people, to stay indoors. You're putting everyone at risk. And let me tell you something, Monkey. You might feel like you're healthy. You might feel that way, but just because you're healthy doesn't mean you are not a carrier of the virus. And if you've been paying attention to the cinematic representations of this kind of stuff, it always in some way ends up coming from a monkey. So uh, <laughs> let's make sure we're doing our due diligence here because you might be infecting people and not even know it. So basically what he's saying is, is nobody fuck the monkey. Diva, no longer can you fuck the monkey. No more fucking the monkey, man. Yeah, no love for you, I, Dr. I, Jones. Uh, all right, so we ran a, so we ran a test here to, to hear about our sound quality signals and all of this and that. Um, so the, the so far from what I'm getting is the three people that have passed have been king, uh, for, has been Doc, Monkey, and, and me. We're choppy, but you can hear us clearly. King, you're kind of like muffled with your sound. It sounds like you're like talking through like a, a rag or something. Well, like I said, I, I don't know why that is. I mean, you guys sound choppy, but at least I can make it out, you know, through kind of like a Morris code way. Um, I don't know why I sound I'm talking, muffled. I'm but... talking from the broadcast perspective, though. This is actually listening back to the show itself. Hmm, that is strange. I'm not too sure whether I can blame it on my headset or blame it on the, the recording. Um, hmm, not too sure. I mean, I'm going to try to, to sally forth. The worst-case scenario, I take off the headset and I just do it handheld style. I mean, we'll figure it out as we go along. Um, but, yeah. So, with his head. Yeah, I'm good with my hands and my head. <laughs> Two things I'm good at. Okay. Uh, Where were uh, we on yeah. things? Sorry. Uh, monkey, Monkey, what did you watch recently? Yeah, I watched Jojo Rabbit Knives Out, and um, yeah, Knives Out was just a really entertaining, um, ag- you know, Agatha Christie style classic murder mystery. Um, the acting in it was really solid. It, it really moved. Um, I, I was surprised that there were no low moments. It, it, it kept a really good pace and kept rolling. Um, have you guys had a chance to check out Knives Out yet? I have yeah, not. I have. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. Um, you know, the mystery aspect of it was pretty easy to figure out um, early on, like uh, even the ghoul had said and you had said monkey. Um, but between the two, I think I enjoyed Jojo Rabbit a little bit more. You know, if I had to pick between the two to rewatch, uh, Jojo Rabbit definitely would be the one. Um, yeah, but then again, anytime I hear David Bowie sing Heroes, I always get a little misty-eyed. So the fact that they saved it for the ending was kind of perfect. Yeah, but, but what did you think of uh, Knives Out, Ghoul? Uh, I got it. these were both movies I saw in the theater uh, back before, you know back in the day when theaters were still open um, back before <laughs> this, this virus took them all away ago. from us uh, you know two, two whole fucking days ago uh, yeah well AMC has closed all their theaters thankfully what they did also announce is that they won't be charging me for my A list pass during this time frame. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, I was kind of worried about that as that was like the other big, big chunk that comes out besides blog talk and back in the day, Hulu, but now I actually have Hulu live again. So I think Disney actually put this virus into play just to get everybody back on Hulu live after they jacked up the cost. 
Anyway, back to Knives Out. I, uh, so, yes, I saw both Knives Out and JoJo in theaters. I loved them both. Um, Knives Out in particular, I really enjoyed it as the murder mystery that it was uh, while watching it. Yes, you know, the, uh, the ultimate outcome was easy to figure out. I just loved the build-up to getting there. Mm-hmm. That being said, watching it a second time, actually found within it these extra little subversive messages that are like just these little like political jabs that Ryan Johnson has like just slowly inserted into the film that once you're no longer watching it for the mystery's sake, you're catching all of these little things that are going on within the film, like in the background at times, and then sometimes stuff that's right in the foreground, but it's just said a certain way that now that you know what the outcome is, you get a different meaning from it. Um, and I love a movie okay. that something like that. You know, something that'll give me repeated viewings and give me something new with it. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, Jojo Rabbit, yeah, that was a, a blast. A fun movie that had laughs and a lot of heart behind it. You know, that's one of those where it really kicks you in the balls when it's at its emotional peak. And yet at uh-huh. the same time, you'll have points where you're busy bent over in fucking tears laughing because, like you said, you're dancing with him or something. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's a weird one. It was definitely a hard to decipher film. Yeah, and that was one though where I went into this thing completely blind because I had no idea what it was. Uh, I had I've only heard you guys mention it in name. I hadn't seen any trailers or anything. Um, the diva was just like, "Hey, I want to watch Jojo Rabbit," so I pulled up a copy, and you, you know we sit down and start watching, and I'm like, "What the fuck am I watching? What the fuck is this?" Go watch it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a genius, that guy. Yeah, he's a Ragnarok, uh, you know. He's, uh, yeah. He's, what we do in the shadows. Talent. Yeah, he definitely has talent. And, yeah, it's one of those movies that definitely adds humor, but then it's got some kind of tragic elements to it. I thought Sam Rockwell was amazing in the movie, you know, as this, you know, German, you know, sergeant and just gay, but just not saying he is gay. Just kind of putting it out there, you know, that he might prefer the company of men. You know, and his costumes that he's putting together. Oh, these are trademarks. You can't copy them. <laughs> see what I want to do with the boots. You see what I want to do? You know, put some pink in there a little bit. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that he actually shows up at the end in costume. I was like, that is so fucking awesome. <laughs> Wearing makeup, too. <laughs> he had eyeliner on. You know, he went all in. Um, but yeah, it's it's that, and just to see Taika Waititi as Hitler, you know, as this funny kind of guy, but then towards the end, you know, he's kind of breaking down into what Hitler really was, which is it's a fucking dick, an asshole. You yeah. know, kick him in the balls. Fuck you, Hitler. You're not, you know, my friend. <laughs> and Scarlett Johansson was fantastic. Like I said, you know, what I I knew going oh, into yeah, it, yeah. Because I had seen the trailers for a good two months prior. You know, this was one of those films that was coming out as an AMC uh, fucking one of their, their artsy, uh, AMC artistry or whatever it is. So it's one of their artsy right. farty movies, you know. So they blanket every single film in the theater with certain trailers. So like the Knives Out trailer, God, I'd seen it fucking, you, sometimes you'd go to a movie and you'd see that trailer twice. They'd hit you with like a teaser at the beginning of the trailers and then give you the full trailer of it at the end. Uh, really? I never saw that happen. 
Yeah. That yeah, is they what did. they that's what they were doing. But again, it's at AMC theaters, you know, and certain films go under their AMC artisan banner and the uh, Jojo Rabbit was one of them. So the comedy aspect I figured you know, you see that in the trailer. The content of it, you know, I assumed that it was gonna be smart and funny. I know it's Taika Waititi. I didn't expect the emotional impact that the characters oh, yeah. were able to actually carry over. That is what impressed me more than anything else with that movie. Yeah, just so many uh, moments like that, especially like you said, Scarlett Johansson in that one scene where she's the father and the mother, and she wipes all that ash all over her face. It's like amazing, this actress, that she's able to do that, you know, and just kind of go back and forth, just acting normal, but then acting like the father to get her son in control. I mean, it's... She did a fantastic job, and, you know, watching the movie, you kind of feel bad for her character when you find out what she's really doing, you know, in this world where her son is a hit, where you're well, so proud of it. Don't, 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 yeah, you can't spoil anything. That, you know, that's it. Doc has that's all <laughs> yep, that's all I'll say about it, you know, but it's a great, uh, you know, character study uh, with everything. I mean, even the beginning of the movie where he's like, ah, that's how you say hi, 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 there you go, you got this, have a great day. <laughs> 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 it's a, a great movie. Yeah, Doc, definitely check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. It's uh, one of a kind type of On film. my list. It's on my list. Mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on, Doc, what else do you have for us in the world of horror? So essentially everything in the world of horror and in the world of movies is completely shut down. Uh, Amazon yeah. has halted production on all of their original content, including their Lord of the Rings series that is uh, supposed to be some oh, huge oh. thing. Uh, the cinemas have reported a box office low of 22 years. All of the cinema chains have closed, um, and every big name, every big name production in Hollywood, including things like uh, The Matrix Four and everything else, is on hiatus. Everything has been shut down. Uh, cinema, movies, uh, everything has come to a to a grinding halt. Including fucking New Mutant. Again. <laughs> yeah. Once again, delayed. Well, this time, at least it's a good reason. It's like the fucking virus is the one that took it away. So okay, now I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but now uh, on the face, on the Talking Care Facebook page, when did you say that d- delayed until King? Indefinitely. Uh, they don't have another release date for it. It's just delayed indefinitely uh, until they figure out what man. they want to do. Yeah, well, they've got to get all this shit settled, man. I mean, there's a whole lot of movies that were on. You know, you got the uh, New Mutants was about to come out. You got the Black Widow movie. That's been suspended. Uh, Believe me, these studios aren't happy to be doing it. These are all films that they're banking on. I mean, Black Widow was supposed to release, what, May 1st. So that's trying to kind of kickstart the whole summer blockbuster thing right there. Yeah. it's uh yeah, it's gonna be uh, an interesting box office year. I think Disney though is pretty happy right now considering how much success they had last year. When you really account for all of the billions upon billions of dollars that mm. they made, so I don't oh, think yeah, they were gonna fine. make that this year no matter what. So I think it works out and breaks even. It's true. <laughs> they do they do find that way, and plus. Um, Movies like Bloodshot, which just came out, the new Vin Diesel movie, uh, Birds of Prey, The Hunt, like all these recent releases are going to VOD this month. So mm-hmm. the movies might be shut down in the theaters, but you can buy them on VOD because you can't go to the theaters to watch them. So buy them and watch them at home, which I think is a great idea. I think VOD uh, in this time is a great way for studios to kind of at least make some money back. You know, I mean, well, you're not going to make, you know, what you think. Studio. 
So mm-hmm. I think Universal, I know, is releasing The Invisible Man. Um, yep. I know they're yep. releasing uh, The Hunt. I know that that was also uh, coming out with them, uh, or whoever is attached to that. Uh, I know Universal was one of the few studios, Blumhouse. Um, so that, I know, is going to be adult. I think some of that stuff's coming out this Friday. I don't know how they're going to uh, adjust or adapt to that. Maybe the studios are going to look at some of the things on the schedule. I find The Hunt to be hysterical, because here was a movie that wasn't going to get released because of all the political <laughs> drama behind it. It finally gets released in a week later, boom, it has to get pulled because fucking theaters have to shut down. Like that movie, talk about a doomed movie. Uh, hopefully yeah. it finds find a home on uh, on video on demand or Xbox or wherever. I think, you know, again, a company like Disney has to really consider now whether or not they're going to release anything on Hulu as an exclusive or on Disney Plus as an exclusive or if they're just going to put stuff on shelves and say, hey, you know what, we're just going to wait a couple of months and yeah. it kind of in a way, it's not like it. It's not going to kill it. You know what I mean? It's not like when they release, let's say, if they wait on Black Widow and they say, "Hey, I'm going to release it in September instead." That's not really screwing anything else up. You know, right. it's not going to hurt them other than the fact that they're just not getting the money now. I forget whatever. I think they had what the uh, Eternals was the next movie, and that's in mm-hmm. November. They could release Black Widow in fucking August and still put the Eternals out. You know, in, in November, if it's finished. I don't know what stage of production it's in. I don't even know if it's finished yet, the Eternal set. I want to say that it is, but I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, it, it makes you do wonder, though, how long this is going to go on for. Uh, because so far, June releases are still going up. Like, they are still planning on releasing June movies. Because I know Candyman is one of them, but they were saying that that might get delayed. But, no, they're still moving forward with it. I know that uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, which is supposed to come out on May 25th, that's been removed. So it just it, you don't know how long this thing is going to be going on for. You just you don't know. You know, it's I guess they're planning for June, July for this whole virus to be kind of wrapped up and and cured. But who knows? You're looking at the long game. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it's hitting everything because then the other thing is we have no sporting events going on either. Uh, no. Unfortunately, that means I have I have no NASCAR. I have so no many Formula One. Uh, oh, I yeah. have no IndyCar. So much fucking right now. I am sure right now the porn industry is loving it. Okay, I can oh, yeah. only imagine how many porn fucking websites their 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 price lines are skyrocketing. Okay, gotta be. ladies, if you've got yourselves fucking uh, what's that shit called, man? The uh, OnlyFans? Only yeah, OnlyFans, I'm sure those <laughs> yep. descriptions are fucking going through the roof. You got dudes yep. that are sitting home. They got sniffles and they're scared and their dicks in their hand and they just want to be a cash pig. They want to be a cash pig. Let them be your cash pig. Make them your cash pig, ladies. Do it. <laughs> yep. I know a lot of those sites like Pornhub are offering like uh, premium memberships like free right now. If you're stuck at home, they're like, hey, listen, free trials, like 30, like Shudder, 30 days. You know, you got this. You're going to be at home jerking a lot, you know, if you're, especially if you're by yourself and you can't go out. You know, I've been capitalizing on it a lot. Mm. I, you know, my history is just stacked. Right the, king, the king wants to be somebody's cash pig. I would love it. I would love it. <laughs> I would love it, and I would entertain the idea. But with all of this stuff going on, the only sporting event we have to look forward to is WrestleMania. Holy shit! Yeah. And, uh, Still and, happening. And, kind of, kind of. Okay, kind <laughs> of. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Because well, just just a couple of days ago, it was finally released that you know WrestleMania is still going on. They're going to do the whole no audience thing uh, at the training center. Is the, the last time. Wow, well, that's going to be fun. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's great watching these events live. You know, with no audience. <laughs> it's not like the audience is an integral part of the show or something. You know? <laughs> not like the WWE, the WWE universe. We're not important. You know? Nope. Don't need us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. it's it's just gonna be funny because now we're gonna have the you know the the heels coming out and they're gonna have no audience to trash talk. <laughs> they do. This, know. Gonna do this is what's gonna happen, okay? This is this and this, I'm hoping they're really they're not gonna do it. This would be stupid otherwise. But Vince is gonna show us that you know what? Listen, everybody, it's all smoke and mirrors. When you hear people cheering, you're still gonna hear people cheering. You know why? Because we're moving it over the microphones. The people in the crowd are really just sitting there. They're barely saying anything most of the time. Um, That's right. I believe sometimes. Sometimes I believe. I that, do. To be honest. Yeah. Like it, yeah. I'll hear fucking chants going on, and I'm looking at the crowd, and they're sitting there. Nobody's saying anything. Yep. Nobody's mouth moving. So we're all, you're telling me what? All these chants are in the fucking 300 section? Like, come on. Yeah. But it'll be uh so for right now it's gonna be a two night event, WrestleMania thirty six, uh hosted by Ron Gronkowski, formerly of the Patriots. Uh so Vince is still gonna be doing it. But of course Roman Reigns has now been under testing for coronavirus because they think that he could be at uh you know, a case because of his leukemia and having that low immune system. You know, they're monitoring him for oh, any type of symptoms from Corona. So. Yeah, well, you you that, mean that, the, that leuke- the leukemia he didn't have? You mean the, leuke- the leukemia that he had while he was busy filming Hobbs and Shaw? <laughs> yeah, yeah the, that one. The fast yeah. and furious leukemia. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, we don't know. We can't say for sure whether or not he has it, but, yeah, so I, I just – it's one of those things where people are just so impressed. But I'm like, how are you not impressed by Vince? The guy's a fucking moneymaker. Like, all he wants to do is put on fucking shows. Is anybody surprised he wants to put WrestleMania on still? Nope. That's Vince. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Well, that's, well, no, hold on, though. That's the thing. Vince doesn't have anything to lose here. You know, the, the reality nope, is nothing. that the, the wrestlers are all under contract. Yep. And I would say that, you know... I don't know. If I was to make an honest guess, I'm going to say about 70% of people that are WWE fans already have the WWE Network, or they're sharing the WWE Network with a friend of theirs. Like, I share my network with, like, two other people. You know, like, I don't know what you're talking goes, about. People, people sure. don't do that. Sure, you don't, don't share it with me. Yeah. Because you don't like wrestling, bitch. <laughs> so, like, I've got a friend, you know, in particular who uh, who had put a post up because he was thinking about some wrestling thing or whatever. He's actually a uh, a big fan of the Mo shows. He's also a fellow uh, recoverer, as I okay. am. And that's okay. how I actually ended up meeting him was at the One Mo show on Halloween. I needed a place to put, like, my big, gigantic fucking Gagunga helmet head. So I had to put it down on the table, and that's how me and my buddy here became friends. He needed it. I hooked him up with it, man. And now he can sit there and watch WrestleManias up the fucking wazoo. He catches all the live pay-per-views. So they're not losing on that end. People are already paying for the product. He's made whatever money he's made with the Saudi Arabians, with the contract that he made with them. The only money he's losing out on are the people that actually still pay 50 to $60 for pay-per-views, 
which can't be all that many because who the fuck is paying that kind of money for pay-per-view? Yeah, anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, well, then there's also that. all, all there, then there's also the loss of all the merch that's going to be sold that day, you know, live at WrestleMania and whatnot. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, merch is definitely the loss. If anything, so that's going to be the big one. Online. They'll be like, hey, buy a T-shirt. We'll give you four of them for fucking a dollar each. You know, the four of them <laughs> give you are like from ten WrestleManias ago, but it doesn't matter. You're in a fucking warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> This WrestleMania was shitty anyway, so, you know, like, the build-up into it was bad. Right, fucking Hulkamania, baby. We're basically back here, okay? Come on. Fucking Brock Lesnar are our goddamn champions, all right? This is like 2003 all over again. Oh, it's bad. (laughs) Yeah, it's bad. We need Hulk to punch coronavirus in the face. Get it over with. (laughs) Let me tell you something, Corona. I'm coming for you, brother. I'm gonna drop a big elbow on you, brother. <laughs> Red drop. Yeah, that's and here we I, are. Hulk Hogan, t- Hulk, Hulk Hogan telling all the kids, wash their hands, take their vitamins. You know. <laughs> what needs to happen right now, okay, is the WWE needs to do what they always did. Now, yes, is it in poor taste if they are taking advantage of whatever situation is going on in the public bucket crisis at the moment? Yes, of course it is. But I'm sorry. Right now, Bray Wyatt, okay, the eater of worlds, needs to be claiming that this is happening because he lost his title. This is what he's doing because, you know, the fiend is unhappy that he doesn't have his belt anymore. Oh man, yeah, that's where they capitalized on it. Kind of like Full Moon yeah. Features making a movie called Corona Zombies that's coming out next month on their streaming service. Capitalizing. Sure. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, yeah, well, that's funny all on its own. I mean, you know, the cool girl with her jewelry and everything, right? So recently, <laughs> she made some she made some uh, some interesting little toilet tissue earrings. Um, you know, to, and put them out there. Now they were a big hit. They started going really, really, really fast. Um, Is that right? Wow! Um, all right. They, they, unfortunately, because she used the word coronavirus in the fucking description for it, and oh, ended no. up taking them down. So oh. they are going to be getting reposted again with the new description and all of that. But uh, so yes, anybody out there. Uh, you know, we'll do the plug a little bit early tonight. Go to www.sb.com backslash shop, all one word, bonfire bead designs, and you can get yourself, you know, uh, all kinds of jewelry. You're sitting at home right now with your spouse. Deliveries can still be made. Order something. Be nice. Just wear a condom so you don't give a baby. That's right. And whenever the baby gets born, just name it Corona. <laughs> Get some TP earrings. You have a TP shortage. At least you'll have some TP on your ears. This way, worst case scenario, you up a little bit to wipe those little lines that are in your asshole. Oh, yeah, you have to. You got to get those little shit lines. That's amazing. Yeah, just call them like quarantine jewelry or something. Don't call them Corona jewelry. You know, quarantine jewelry, flash sale. <laughs> you know, happening over above our beads ads. That's what All right, Doc. Do what else you got for horror news? Oh, that's right. We're a horror show. Uh, <laughs> next, yes, but we're next. also talking about we're ta- also talking about 
uh, uh, modern events that are going off right now. It was the poop song. You were talking about toilet paper earrings. It was the poop song. So I've never heard the poop song, so my first time. Uh, poop, 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 poop. Um, <laughs> so anyway, April that was 21st, a song. next month, uh, the original... <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the Spit it out, Doc <laughs> April 21st The original novelizations From the first two Ghostbuster movies Are going to be reprinted Okay And nobody's going to be able to get them Because we're all going to be dead <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to be dead uh, Our do they still do that? Like, do novelizations like still come out to to movies? Is that still a thing? Yeah, they do. I've seen them on the shelves. But yeah, the Ghostbusters is cool. I mean, I would order it. I'm probably gonna be dead in a month, so it probably really even matters. <laughs> Can't cancel my order from that. I just hope the novelization of Ghostbusters one tells us the greatest mystery of that film, and that's whether or not Ray ever comes. You know what it is. <laughs> you know what's in there. <laughs> He just frosted that ghost well, with his own thing, kind of slime. If you if you bust in the ghost, do you just simply pass through it, or does ectoplasm meet ectoplasm and therefore intermingle and make something different? Like a ghost. That's baby? how you get. A, that's how you get a succubus. Oh. Mm. Okay. Monkey bringing the knowledge. <laughs> So now we know. Damn, I've... there must be no ghosts here, because otherwise there'd be a lot of succubus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many succubi in my place. Ghoul's bedroom is like just a hazmat zone with all the spew that's all over the walls. <laughs> don't bring a black light in there. You don't <laughs> want to go. It's, it's all me and Damn, we, to do this You made me we have to separate. Let me tell you about the year that you were born. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> we were in quarantine. You're a coronial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a coronial. You gotta love the fucking memes going around with that kind of shit, you know? People are oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's the coronial times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have the novelizations of Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Uh, so that's very cool. You know, if you're going to be alive next month, you might want to read it. Uh, but what else is going on? Arnold Schwarzenegger is returning to the role of Dutch. <laughs> where with his donkey and his little mini Lulu and whiskey. Arnold Schwarzenegger himself as Dutch uh, it will be doing some voice acting for the new upcoming Predator video game called Predator Hunting Grounds. Okay. Uh, so Arnold Schwarzenegger once again will be Dutch. Now, will he be uh, a playable yeah. character, or is he just like a character that's giving you the orders and whatnot? Do you have any info- information on the game? What kind of game is it? Is it an action game? The game is a multi... From what I understand, the game is a, a multiplayer game where you and team members uh, will be hunted by and will be hunting uh, the Predators. 
like Friday, Friday the 13th game. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. like. So, interesting. And, then, and, and then you can have the option to play as a team member or a predator, right? I'm sure. Well, I'm sure uh, it's going to be well, that's what, Now, what I'm wondering is, though, is do you have different variations of Predator? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, are you going to have, like, a stealthy version where you can be, like, hunting and whatnot, or can you get some of the more powerful versions? Uh, this could be interesting. Um, all right, I like it. You know, Arnold's doing the voice work on it. We know that he's, you know, he's... Obviously, he's not hurting for money mm. at any point, but he's willing to take on some uh, some interesting jobs. <laughs> yeah. He was, with, he with was wearing cow. that dark fate You know with his donkey yes, little mini horse He was wearing that dark <laughs> yes. fate shirt man He was He was rocking that shirt out With Whiskey and Lulu His miniature pony and uh, donkey uh, That's such yes, a name so. And Art if you're trying to figure out What they're talking about You can check check it out on the Talking Terror Facebook page Where it's the king has put up the picture Of Schwarzenegger hanging out with his pet Sorry, Doc, what were you saying? I love my bed. Schwarzenegger himself said, The other day, Predator came on, and I said to my girlfriend, Let's watch the beginning. And we ended up watching the the whole thing because it still held up today. Other movies don't hold up, but movies like Predator and the first Terminator really hold up, and it was really fun to watch. Interesting enough, a week later, I was asked to do some voiceover for a video game that is coming out about Predator. So it was great that I watched it to get back in the mood again to do the voiceover. So uh, you will hunt down. Uh, you will play as a member of a four-person fire team to complete challenging missions and escape before Predator finds you. As the fire team yep, acts as state of the art arsenal from sidearms <laughs> to assault rifles, shotguns, grenades, and heavy weapons. Or hunt with the Predator's deadly tech, including the shoulder-mounted plasma caster, uh, comb stick, smart disc, wrist blades, longbow, and more. Told ya. They they asked me to be in this video game, and I said I need some source material. What is this game about? Who is this character? Who is this Dutchman? And then they said, but Arnold, you have been in this movie before. You have done this. And I said, oh my god, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> and then I said Whiskey I said Lulu Come into the room We're going to be recording For this video game It's going to be coming out It's going to be fun Where's my cigar? He's like Look honey I'm going to be playing This character soon I need to get into character Dutch Where are you Son of a bitch Where's Carl Weathers Is he going to be In the game too? No good no. I never like Carl Weathers No I want Gary Dude I want Gary Busey Okay, Gary Busey in that game. Gary and Bill Paxton. You <laughs> got rest his soul. If he was still alive, I'd want him in there too. I love him, Predator too. <laughs> just put it all in there. Game Poor over, Patrick man. Game cut, over. Get cut in half, man. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So moving on from the Predator video game, what else do you have, Doc? I want to tell you about Butt Boy. Oh, okay. uh, otherwise known yeah. as the king. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's me. I'm here to save your butts. <laughs> I like to lick your hiding hole. <laughs> that is my safe space. Yes. <laughs> Google works to, it just in I have time. to make, I, I have some earrings to go with that. <laughs> so what's about Butt Boy, Doc? I want to tell you about Butt Boy. So... Uh, Butt Boy is the creation of someone named Tyler Cornrack. And he is the writer, director, and star 
he plays Chip, uh, a man who has a type of awakening after receiving a routine prostate exam. And he develops this type of rectal kink. Uh, and because of this, uh, a boy goes missing. So with the help of uh, addiction services, he is able to get over his, his stuff. But then years later, uh, his desires return, and another child goes missing. And there's a detective that's been tracking him and has a theory that uh, Chip is making humans disappear with his butt. Did, did you, you mean it's prison this? wallet? No, it's a real thing. It's on the Facebook page. It's real. Yeah, it's there. It's oh. on the Facebook page. Yeah, butt boy. I, this, this has been, well, obviously, obviously he didn't swallow them up his ass. But this yeah, is no, he did. We have a friend. We have a friend, Mike O'Mahony. He made a movie called IBS. And IBS. He got a belly problem. He would kill people. You know, this guy gets a fucking rectal problem, and he swallows him in his asshole. <laughs> Evolution. It's a thing. He's like a Pokemon. Fuck boy. <laughs> Gotta butt them all. <laughs> oh, man. Butt boy. Oh, I, mean, I actually want to see this. I, said, <laughs> I don't I know why, but I, I do. My, I sent my mother a picture of these two chicks fisting their assholes the other day because she didn't understand that it could physically be done. And I don't think yes, she, she was happy about I don't think she's happy about it. <laughs> she hasn't spoken to me all that much since. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Here's a picture of a fisting butthole. I figured in the event that, you know, she doesn't make it to, if we don't make it to Mother's Day, I can send her a gift like that. So it was Jane Wilde and Paige Owens, you know, just oh, good. their hands yep. up their ass. Yep. yep. Two good sure. actresses we got. That's what you want to send your mom. <laughs> hey, Mom, I was thinking about you earlier. Here's some girls fisting each other's buttholes. <laughs> Have a great day. They're, they're, they, they were doing film research for Butt Boy. <laughs> Gee, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I can't wait for it because I just felt like I gotta see it <laughs> just to fucking see what this movie is gonna be. Just like the Greasy Strangler that came out a couple of years ago, I was like, I just have to see I it because of just how fucked up it was. I couldn't. Mm. You know what? I remember and, watching the trailer uh, for Greasy, Greasy Strangler, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, maybe, maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it'll be fun. And every time, like my finger. Went to hit, you know, again, because I used the Xbox, I was going to hit the A button. Whoever's deep breathing, I know I just sent you guys a picture of the fucking fist up the girl's asses, but back the microphone up with your mouth. There's You're making me hard. You're making nope. me hard. Stop it. Um, every time I'd go to hit the A button to accept watching the Greasy Strangler, I would hit the B button and go in the other direction. Uh, that's probably yeah, right. a decision. I like that movie. I've always felt that. It's funny. It's funny. It's weird. I like the Greasy Strangler because it just it just goes to places where you're like this movie's gonna go there, and it does. It's just a funny movie. Um, you know, same thing with fucking Terrifier. Everybody's like, I love this fucking movie. It's like, why? It's not that great, but no, you know, Greasy Strangler is worth checking out. Um, but okay, so moving on from Butt Boy. What else do we have, Doc? <laughs> Finally. Dream five. Cream pie? Dream <laughs> part five or a reboot. 
is allegedly <laughs> supposed to begin shooting in May with the Ready or Not Direction team. Uh, it's unknown if this is like a rebeat, a reboot, or if this is continuing the story from the first four movies. What's a, but, what's uh, a reboot? Hayden Panettiere's uh, teased her return, and supposedly David Arquette is attached. So um, I have not seen I have not seen Stream Four, so I I, I don't know. But I'm just yeah. recording it as I'm seeing. That's are pretty going, weird. Are they going with the whole like it's kind of a reboot remake? Oh, New Nightmare was the movie that yes. I tried to think yeah. of, where it's like it's real now, where it's been a movie. All the other times. I, I would have to imagine that they might be going that way. I mean, the last time I read anything about this new screen movie is that it is going to be a reboot, um, and it's going to be about a woman that comes back to her hometown after a string of murders happen. Um, but yeah, Hayden Panettiere, uh, she played Kirby in Scream Four, and she died. So the fact that she's back on board, I'm like, maybe she's playing a different character because her character was definitely killed off. Um, don't get me wrong, movie. I don't mind. I, I don't mind at all. News, I didn't see news fans. that she was definitely in it, but she made some postings where she was teasing her own return. Um, okay. I mean, but the one I think that you're talking about, that was just her getting a haircut that resembled uh, Kirby, and she was talking about Scream 4. Um, but I could be wrong. You know, like I said, uh, I haven't really seen anything else about Spring 5 except that it's going to start filming soon. But again, with coronavirus, that could be delayed too. I can't imagine they're going to be going into filming anytime soon um, with everything that's been going on. But we'll see. You know, anything can change. You know, um, I know uh, Idris Elba actually is uh, contracted corona. That came out this week. He actually uh, was diagnosed with coronavirus. <laughs> you know, oh man, I was like, I really love him. I hope he's okay, just like Tom Hanks and Rita. Yeah, Wilson. you know, just Idris Elba is so fantastic. Kevin Durant. Oh man. Well, Kevin I heard Durant did too. Uh, yeah, I know there was a, the whole big thing. A couple of the uh, the Nets, I think, ended up uh, contracting it. But I know, I, I know there was something I caught on the news. One of them. One of them lives in, like, some apartment complex somewhere. And because the manager of the apartment asked him to kind of stay away from the common area because so many people on his team have it, he wanted to get all up on Twitter and fucking bitch and moan about that. Like, listen, man, I'm sorry. I don't have a problem with them asking you to stay the fuck away from population centers when so many people on your team have contracted the fucking illness. Seriously. We're in contact with all of them. Like, seriously, just mm-hmm. because... And, you know, like, I, I know the reporter did it as an insightful fucking question at the... the conference earlier today asking about you know these fucking how are these basketball players and all these rich motherfuckers get it like I'm sorry but that's a stupid question you know how they're getting it's because they're fucking wealthy and it's because they're popular which is why they're able to get these fucking tests it's a stupid question reporter it really is it's just dumb. yeah yeah completely just irresponsible of a question <laughs> you know but they're gonna ask you know that's what they do um right, so did you say that was it for you doc you don't have anything else to talk about that is all. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I, I do have uh, one I wanted to talk about since you finished out, Doc. Uh, is that Jeffrey Reddick um, of the Final Destination, who created that series of movies, and producer Scott Perry are going back in for another one, uh, especially because this year marks the 20th anniversary of the first Final Destination film. They're going to be making another one. Uh, this time it's going to be revolving around first responders, EMTs, firefighters, and policemen. 
So that's what they want to do. And they said it's going to be completely canon and it's going to tie into the other movies as well. Um, I'm a sucker for those movies. Yeah. I've seen every single yeah. one in the theater and I cannot wait for another one. They're just fun movies. They're they're uh, just good popcorn movies. They're just fun to just pop pop on and watch for an hour and a half. They, they really are. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're just fun, fucked up Tom and Jerry. The final destination. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. I mean, that's just the whole fucking... Those are literally... They, except for the fourth movie. The fourth movie, which was specifically made for 3D... Um, mm-hmm. that was that was the only one that I think when you go back to watch them, it really you can yeah. really see that it was made for 3D because the effects are just so over digitalized. Everything's supposed to come bursting out of the fucking screen. But aside from that, man, I love all of them. They're all so yeah, stupid, so funny in so yeah. many ways. There's always a little bit of humor. I know the first one we covered it a couple what like a year or so ago. Um, yeah, about that. That that one was the one that probably tried to take things the most serious, and even that got corny at times. Like going back to watch it now, it's like, wow, that was pretty still silly. Yeah, when Kerr Smith won the fuck Devin Sawa the entire movie. Don't you go, Devin Sawa. <laughs> you know, it gets silly. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, they're just good popcorn movies. They're they're fun movies to throw on and see how creative they get with their deaths. Um, and tonight, ladies and gentlemen, at 10 o'clock. True Terror premieres on Travel Channel, hosted by Robert England. So set your DVRs. You don't get ready for that new show premiere because Robert England, once again, aside from True Terror, has said that he is going to be on a show that is, quote-unquote, terribly popular, and he's going to be Thank playing you. a role on that show. You know, so, all, all okay, cool. 10 of our listeners have now moved on from this to go tune into that. I said set your DVRs. I didn't say go watch. I said set those DVRs. Do not turn away from the show. Way to go, hey, Eric, anybody you, you, you don't need to listen to Talking Terror tonight. Cause, you know, because <laughs> mankind, Mankind's going to win the championship tonight. So now you don't need to watch. Thanks for the show. There's some other things out there that people might be interested in seeing that's airing right now also. Do you want me to share those? Mm-hmm. Yes, please. Go ahead. We want to hear your voice. It helps us come at night. Mm-hmm. We love it. <laughs> it helps me. Okay. Well, anyway, what we didn't talk about was um, yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. We didn't talk about that at all. So, shalom to everyone. You know, St. Patrick's Day. Yay. I was drunk. Um, got, to hang out, got to hang out with the king um, this past I weekend. And, and it was just great hanging out with Andy uh, for eight straight hours. Us just hanging back, drinking beer, eating food. Um well, uh, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> but also like while we were hanging out, um, the king introduced me to Sci-Fi's version of Leprechaun, and I just gotta say, man, I was pleasantly surprised by this movie. Uh, the the movie was a, a ton of fun. It really was. Um, no, that was later. That was before he left. Yeah. Uh, not on the air, motherfucker. Um, but, but, did you at least, but, did you at least but, spit the Jameson on his asshole, man? Because it, it yes. Helps. Yeah, it does. It was a fun <laughs> surprise. It's like a quick, but it's a quick man. burn, but then it's, it's nice and open, it opens. It starts to gape and boom, like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's how I do it. Yes. I know, Ghoul. But what I'm trying to talk about is Leprechaun. And Return it's, it. I was at... <laughs> 
And I was just really surprised about how much gore was in this movie. I didn't realize that sci-fi was able to get away with this kind of gore. <laughs> oh, it was to get away with yeah, that the, kind of gore? The practical yeah. effects that were in that movie was just great. It was just so cool now, to see that, that kind of gore. Is that the one done by WWE, or is this the other one? No, it's the other one. Uh, that's Leprechaun Origins. This one is Leprechaun Returns. That's a sci-fi original that they did without Warwick Davis. They put a new uh, actor into the role, but it's supposed to be a sequel to the original Leprechaun with Jennifer Aniston. So it kind of follows that timeline of events. But it's Rich Jennifer Aniston back? I heard she's got a smell uh, vagina. A voice actor uh, came back to play no, that character. No. Uh, so, But she sounds pretty much like Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Who knows? I thought that was Gwyneth, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. It's got the uh, smelly uh, undercarriage. I didn't know about Jennifer Aniston. It's it's probably Gwyneth Paltrow because of all that natural shit she does. Oh, the candles that she, <laughs> she makes? Sells smells candles, like JJ? She sells the candle that she says smells <laughs> like her vagina. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want in my life. I would venture Green Apple or uh, what's that that one other popular one that's uh, that you can get at the uh, Yankee Candle Factory. I don't know. Uh, uh, red. Smelly cunt. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I don't know about the other candle, but yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you had a good time, uh, Muggy, and I also got to introduce you to Adam Green's Scary Sleepover, which I, you know, I hope you enjoyed those episodes. Mm. That's the yeah, series was, that I do well. That, that that was cool too, man. It's just that Adam Green has this show where he hosts. And he uh, has people come over to his house, and he literally has a sleepover, and at, and they sit around, talk, have snacks all night long, like a sleepover. They wear pajamas, and um, Adam Green asks them questions, you know, ab- about their life that they answer. Sometimes fun, sometimes serious, but it's they're they're fun little short episodes that are really easy to watch, and you should definitely give it a shot. Yeah, they, they're a lot of fun. They're all on YouTube under the Aeroscope page. Uh, but one of my favorite episodes from that series, Scary Sleepover, is the one with Tony Todd. And it's interesting mm. we're talking about a movie where Tony Todd does star. And that is 1990's Night of the Living Dead, directed by Tom Savini. Um, so that is my pick for tonight. Uh, oh, if you haven't seen Night of the Living like Dead. like a motherfucker. <laughs> right, that was smooth. I'm proud of myself. Pat myself on the back for that one. Um, but... I mean, if you haven't seen George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Because I'm pretty sure if you're listening, you've seen Night of the Living Dead, the 1968 version. Um, but this is updated for 1990, like I said, directed by Tom Savini. Uh, to give you a quick rundown of what happens, this starts in a cemetery as the recently dead return to life from an unknown cause, possibly coronavirus, we don't know yet, and attack the living as they pray. One woman escapes the frightening zombies to take refuge with strangers in a farmhouse, and every cadaver for miles hungers for their flesh. Will they make it through this night of the living dead? Stay tuned. We'll find out. <laughs> so, uh, for me, when I first saw this back way, way back, going into like the early 90s, uh, I'd seen Night of the Living Dead first. Then I heard about the remake because it was on Cinemax one night, and I watched it, and I hated it as a kid. Because I was like, there's just no way you could top George. George did it. You know, I don't even know why they're going back and doing this. But as I got older, and then I started finding out about how George lost uh, the copyright issue in Night of the Living Dead, and this is just for him to make money. He just wanted to make money back on all that he lost back in 1968. He co-wrote that script. He produced it. Uh, He was very much behind this project with Tom Savini directing. And then I got a better appreciation for it. And it was my first interaction with Tony Todd. 
as an actor. I'd seen him in Platoon, but I never saw him in a leading role. And I thought that he did that character of Ben Justice that Dwayne Jones famously played him back in 1968. Uh, so with that being said, uh, Ghoul, what do you think about the remake of Night of the Living Dead? You know, okay, moving it, on. <laughs> it's, it's Night of the Living Dead, okay? I mean, this is one of those where I kind of put it on par with almost a Psycho remake, you know? It's, and I, I understand the reasoning behind why they did it. You know, and knowing that, you know, does at least allow me to appreciate them doing that for George's sake. Um, but that being said, does not make this a quality movie, does not make the performances anything great, does not change anything about the formula. It doesn't update it all that much to, to really reflect to the 1990s setting at that time. It doesn't do anything to tell you, you know, like even I would have appreciated had they gone back and did something to make it fit more into the timeline of the movies that Savini did work on with Dawn mm-hmm. and Day. Um, yeah. Like that, I would have appreciated because you know when you look at the the effects changes and things like that that occurred between Night of the Living Dead and then Dawn of the Dead, like that's a huge jump. So even if Savini had gone and made a movie that connected those two films a little bit tighter, I really would have appreciated that. But what you end up getting is a movie that's almost like why did you make it? If it wasn't for the fact that George ended up at least making some money finally, then what's the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree, and we're going to talk about that more as we talk about the movie. Uh, Doc, what did you think about None of the Living Dead, 1990? Uh, look, it's Night of the Living Dead. Um, I, for one, have always been one who has been able to, you know, see this as its, you know, modernized take on the original Night of the Living Dead. I saw this version of this film. Uh, you know, not in the theater, but probably right when it hit either home video or, or cable. Uh, so I saw it very, very, uh, you know, quickly after its initial release. And, you know, I've always been able to just enjoy it for what it is. Um, you know, is it a great film? No. Uh, the performances, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I forgot how, like, over the top some of the performances were. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, I can, I can enjoy this film for what it was, and I was, I was happy to watch it last night and revisit it. Okay. Muggy, what did you think about None of the Living Dead 1990? This is your first time. Yeah, this is my first time checking out this movie. Um, <clears throat> To begin with, um, yeah, this movie, I feel like you definitely have to see both to appreciate this movie. You can't watch this movie without watching the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, it's just, just because you have to, just because it references itself, you know, it references the original movie in this movie as far as, like, lines and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> that being said, though, it's like, I took it, though, as a an attempt to, to make this modern, to try and draw in modern audiences into the world of Night of the Living Dead, just because at that time we were at that weird, bu- you know, horror bubble um, <clears throat> that was going on. You know, every, every, you know, a lot of weird horror projects were coming out at this time, and a lot of people were watching horror. But the, uh, uh, what the hell's going on? Is someone? Are you falling down the steps, King? No, keep going. Okay, all right. 
Um, but a lot of the people that were watching that hard that was coming out then, I don't think would have appreciated watching the original <laughs> Night of the Living Dead. Because um, you go, you watch it, it's dark, it's moody, um, you know, unless you're a real horror fan, you know, that really, really wants to watch this, it's like watching the original one is going to be dry for a lot of people. Um, and I think this was a really good attempt at just trying to get newer people into checking this movie out so then maybe they would possibly check out the original. You know, and I thought it was a decent attempt. And I I personally was happy with all of the acting that was going on, except for maybe Cooper. I think some of his uh, lines could have been written way better. Uh, his one-liners were just fucking horrible. But I really, really enjoyed the um, transition of the roles of Ben and Barbara, where they took a little bit from Ben and gave it to Barbara and made her a fucking badass, like she was, you know, in a fucking ter- Terminator movie. And... And yeah, and couple that like she was pretty damn hot too. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I thought. <laughs> King, what do you think? Well, I mean, I I, I gave you my thoughts, but yeah, it's, it's mm. a movie that Tom Savini was handed um, in '89 to direct. Uh, George A. Romero gave him the script. He said, "This is yours. You know, let's do this. We want to make some money back." And then George kind of just stayed away. You know, he was there for a day or two, but really just wasn't involved. And that's why Tom Savini has always said this movie was a nightmare to make because he had Gohem, uh, uh, Gohem from Golem Globus breathing down his neck as a producer to get this movie made. And he had this vision of what he wanted to do and you have these people breathing on your neck. And he said about 40% of what I wanted to make was taken out. So what you get is what you get. But, you know, it's because George wasn't there on set. If George had been there in more of a capacity, he probably could have told the producers to come the fuck down and let Tom Savini do what he has to do to make this movie. But because he wasn't there, you know, you get this end result, which I like, uh, Ghoul, when you had talked about the Gus Van Sant Psycho remake from 1998, which is just a fucking nightmare to get through. Because of just him trying to do shot for shot the Hitchcock, and it doesn't work. It's just it's not very good. Um, he does some things that just really just make it just hard to watch. So at least with this one, you're getting the similar vibe of '68, but you're getting some new things. Like the, the monkey said, is we're getting to Barbara. You know, she's not feeble-minded. I'm weak. I, I'm just going into this breakdown. No, she's grabbing a gun and she's going after the ghouls. She's the one that wants to just get the fuck out of there. Okay, which again, like me and Doc, before either of us watched this, we had had a discuss, you know, quick little discussion about it because he had spoken about remembering, liking the film. I remember the movie, you know, even before seeing it, because um, I had made a joke to him. I mean, the reality is it's so close to the original Night of the Living Dead that you can kind of just skirt and not even watch it and still be able to have the discussion as long as you remembered what the original was about. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yes, the, 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 only, the only big change that occurs in this film is the Barbara character. And yeah, I guess in a way you can, you can say they, they updated her to make her a, a stronger character, to make her a lead, really. But I think that's yeah. kind of what takes away from what made Night of the Living Dead so groundbreaking, which is that it had an African-American male lead. 
you know, Barbara was yeah. the background because she was a female that, yes, okay, in the in the idea of back in the 50s and 60s, you know, fucking Donna, stay at home, make a cake, and oh, I can't handle the stress, all that kind of shit, screaming faint and all that, that stuff. Um, I feel like they took Barbara too far in the other direction. You know, she almost felt like, like there were times that I'm looking at her, and I could just feel like I was looking at Ash from the Evil Dead films. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, the look yeah. on her face, and it's yeah. like, you know, like, what movie were you in? Because the rest of the people in this film are doing something else than you. I could see that, too. Um, you know, going in a completely different direction. I mean, it, and plus, I mean, even when this movie starts, you get that classic cemetery sequence with Bill Mosley stepping in to play Johnny. Um, they spelled his name wrong in the credits, which I thought was funny. Um, but it's the <laughs> fact that he, he's stepping into his role, and they're going to the grave, and it just happens so fast. Like, Romero, he built this tension with that scene with Bill Hinsman in the cemetery, where you see this guy in the background coming towards Barbara and Johnny, and it builds and it builds and it builds until it gets to that point where the cemetery zombie is attacking Johnny and kills him ultimately. In this one, Savini gets right to the fucking point. He's like, you've seen that living dead. I'm going to give you something else. I'm going to have this ghoul attack Johnny, but I'm also going to have another one coming down the hill that's ripping off his suit because that's how they're buried. And you see the scars uh, coming down this uh, ghoul's body as he tries to attack Barbara. So you're getting kind of a twofer. You're getting two well, zero for one. The- well, he tried to be smart. He tried to give you the fake out. That's what he tried to do. Yes, you get yep. the old man that walks over, and you assume, oh, here he comes. Here's the guy. And then he just says, I'm sorry, and continues to walk in the other direction. Then he turns around, and then, bam, that's when Savini hits you, you know, because he's the master of suspense. That's when the yeah. shocking <laughs> jump there occurs. Um, but, and yes, you get the other guy yeah. jumping in there. Yes, he did. You know, that, like I said, I, I, I really would like to know what it was that Savini's 40 percent was that got taken out. I really would like to know what it is that he wanted to create because I really would have loved for them to have married the Dawn movie to this, you know, and given yes, us yep. a more solid connection. Like, why wouldn't you do that? You know, I know that his, one of the things that Savini said that he jumped on board to originally even be a part of the project before he signed on to direct, they were just going to have him come do the special effects. And mm-hmm. You know, the reason why he wanted to do that was because he didn't get to do them on the original night. You know, so he was excited to be able to do that. So why go in such a a stark... Why And again, maybe that was the studio saying, hey, you know, stay with the original film. The original film did what it did. Stay with the original Mm -hmm. film. Ah, I don't know. I can definitely see the studio saying that. That definitely Mm -hmm. seems like a studio response. Like, we're remaking The Living Dead. Don't do the extra. 1990, don't do the extra. You know, just do what you're given and make it happen. So, yeah, that 40% could have been a lot. But what we get is that, that nice Tom Savini jump scare of the one ghoul and then the other one coming down the hill, calling from Barbara for help, and then all of a sudden the suit slips up, and then you see the scars, and he's also and a zombie. <laughs> yep, no, no. And it's like, what the fuck I is like, happening? <laughs> I like the way he dies this time. At least yes. you see, like, yep. the ghoul had, like, kind of pinned his arms down. And that's yeah, yeah. why he wasn't able to reflexively get his hands up to stop himself from falling that way. Like, I thought that was a nice little touch. And the special effect of him hitting his head, you know, even though if you look carefully, you see oh, it's a dummy. dummy. It's a dummy, <laughs> oh, yeah. but it was still effective enough. I hate any time you see something like it, like, with that kind of, of that power. And, yeah, you know what? You're talking about the same year that... 
you know, slasher films are on the downturn. You know, you got movies like Leatherface coming out at that end. Uh, yeah, I mean, all the hits were like Flatliners and Arachnophobia, yeah. fucking Nightbreed, Tremors. So, yeah, you know what? The studio probably wanted to play safe because horror was kind of going in a different direction. Yeah, mm. you know, and it's great that they, they mm. changed up that opening sequence a little bit to kind of give you that full sequence. Um, then her running through the woods to get to that famous farmhouse that we're going to spend the majority of the film in. And once she gets in, it's again, it's a, a deviation from the original. Once Barbara arrives at the farmhouse, she's confronted by not one, but two zombies in this house. One large, oversized man and one you know, redneck-looking guy. You know, So it's like not just one, but two. So that's why I felt like that's where Tom Savini's head was at. I want to give him one. I want to give him two. Let's give him two. Because we got to have two in this movie. <laughs> you know, amping up the horror in this movie. we got to have two. Um, you know, and we get Not that one, great... Two. <laughs> yeah. You get the... And when she's trying to run out of this house, going, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? You have the pickup truck running up the drive, nailing one of the zombies, landing on the ground, and we get our first introduction to Ben, played by Tony Todd. You know, cigarette in hand, throwing it to the ground. And you're going, hey, do you live here? Come on, talk to me, bitch. Talk to me. What the fuck's going on? Do you live here? Is there food? Is there weapons? Like, you know, just he's in the moment, and Barbara is just completely lost as to what the fuck is going on. And obviously Ben is seeing some shit that she hasn't seen right. yet. Yeah, and, and Ben, you know, is definitely in full-on full, full on combat mode here. And I think um, the actress who played Barbara did a great job of just, you know, being in shock the entire time. And, not, you know, not knowing what the fuck to do, and, you know, Ben's trying to communicate to her. And, yeah, nothing's getting through because it's just nothing but shock. You know, t- total shock. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's great because as, as he gets into the house, and, you know, he sees that there's two ghouls there. He goes into the kitchen to battle one thin redneck. And handle with two ghouls. One ghoul's enough, yeah. believe me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he, he, he gets the upper hand doing a like, you know, nice little kick to you know, the zombie in the kitchen and then gets him with the tire <laughs> iron in the head. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and, but also Barbara is confronted with the, the heavy set zombie. And she ends up doing damage to him and killing him ultimately with what, her, what she has. It's a fire poker. Um, but it's the scene when you have Ben going outside and he sees that there's two ghouls outside that he still has to take care of. The one against the house that he takes care of pretty quickly. And then the one that he hit. And then he gets onto the ground and he said into the, the head, he goes, God damn you. And just looks to the sky because this is God's fault. Not yours, Ben. It's fine. But then you have him doing the sign of the cross and Barbara kind of copies it. Like I should do this right now. He's doing it. I'll do it. But it's like a nervous reaction to what she's just watched. Well, that's because she just played whack-a-mole with the fat ghoul in the living living room, which I found funny hey, as man. shit, though, just because... I might have put on a couple pounds, okay? But I don't think I should be called the fat ghoul, okay? <laughs> You're not the fat ghoul. The ghoul in the movie is fat, not you. You're spelt. You're looking good, man. But, but again, though, this scene where she's beating the shit out of him with the, the fire poker... It's one of those moments where I know it's supposed to be intense, but at the same time, I'm laughing my ass off because I'm just oh, yeah. imagining her just, just because the effect is so cheesy, you know, of you know, just beating the dummy up, and you can tell oh. it's a dummy, and, <laughs> and I, like I'm, I'm just expecting to be like one of them, you know, it's like one of them rock'em sock'em things that you blow up, and it's got a weight in the bottom, and it's. <laughs> 
No, it's kind of like, no, it's like when you get Hulk hands. You know what I mean? Like they have those toys, the Hulk hands. They're like the, the, sty, the styrofoam, not styrofoam. Uh, it's like fucking Nerf. Foam, yeah. Yeah, foam, foam yeah there you go. Just foam. Not styro. Styrofoam. <laughs> yeah, <Just foam. laughs> yeah, those big-ass Hulk hands. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. But, you know, then it's at that point that, you know, she starts to, you know, change and put on pants and, you know, getting out of her tattered clothes, you know, while Ben's walking around going, we have to barricade this fucking house. She's changing. She's changing as we'll see. Did you see up in there with all kinds of pressure? But much like in the original, Ben is the one trying to formulate these plans. Like, we have to fortify this house. We have to block up all the windows. You have to block up all the doors. You know, we're going to be here for a while. We don't know when help is coming. So let's just get to work, you know, as we go about this whole process. And that's when you find out that there's a couple more people in this house than originally anticipated. <laughs> They're not alone. Is because all that hammering and nailing, you know, drew some attention of some people down in the basement. <laughs> and I like Monkey, you had said that you didn't like Tom Tolles as Harry Cooper in this movie. You know, maybe he went a little bit over the top in, in certain ways, but I felt that it worked you for think? 1990. I felt like no, for uh, 1990 it, it worked. I mean, no, I think Carl Hogan as the original Harry right. is great. Yeah, but it's no, just the way that he no, was. I, yeah, I'm just talking about the crappy one-liners that they gave him. You know, oh, just, you know, you're like, you know, you might, no, it's just whenever he get pissed off and whatever the fuck he was saying, I can't remember, but he always said some stupid cheesy shit. He might have been, might as well have been saying, wowie zowie, you know, every time he got pissed <laughs> off. Yeah. It might have, again, like you said, made for TV. It's like the film... You know, again, like, this is where when you look at the original movie, there were certain racial tensions that were built up. There were motivations behind the characters that went beyond the event going on. That was the idea of the movie. It wasn't so much a, hey, there's a zombie apocalypse. It's, a there's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, look, people can still find the time to be racist. People can still be assholes to one another. Mm -hmm. You know, that's very much kind of like what The Walking Dead is and kind of what we're seeing going on right now, you know. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! What's this? You know, humanity yeah. has it has its its wonderful moments, and then you got a bunch of shitty people too. It's kind of what makes life so great. So I feel like without that extra bit, like okay, you're gonna make Cooper be the the, the protective parent in this one. The reason why he's doing it is because he's drinking downstairs, and you know oh, his yeah. kid is down there, and he's just being protective. But they didn't take that far enough. They didn't go no. the racial no. route. You know, like they didn't nope. do anything with him. You know, like. They needed to... He's just a prick. Yeah, but again, even if you're just a prick, give that prick some depth. You know what I mean? Like, it's like Savini just didn't know what the fuck to do. And again, I don't know if that's his Mm. inability to direct a movie, if that's his inability to get anything out of the cast members, or if this is the production company. Like, who who were their second units? You know, who really made this movie? And the one thing that I, I with with Cooper, you know, when he does have the the arguments back and forth with Ben, and I want to get to it in a second, you do see Harry Cooper being abusive to his wife, and that's what I felt yeah, like was missing from guy. the original. Like in the original, you get that he's an abusive guy, like especially towards his wife, but they never play it out. So I was kind of glad to see him slap her. So it's like he's a fucking dick, 
you know, that hits his wife and he's probably a jackass in real life. But the one thing that I did like, uh, not to jump around a lot, but it's when he sees the TV upstairs. I'm sorry, go ahead. We don't know if he's an abusive husband. What we know is that, okay, he's been drinking a couple of beers here in this situation. They're in a highly volatile environment due to not having any idea of what's going right. on. You know what I mean? Like, maybe this, this could have been the only time that ever happened. But they never give us anything with them. We right. never see them have any interaction other than this. And I know none of that was in the original film either. But right. that's the thing. Nope. This is the movie where you do those things. You know, this is the yes. movie yes. where you make deeper characters. You know, you already um, have the story established. We've seen that already. That's why when we always say that the Dawn of the Dead remake is a better movie, that's the reason why. You get more depth out of your characters than a bunch of fucking retards running around. And I don't mean the, the Down syndrome people. I mean a bunch of people acting like idiots running around the mall with fucking yeah. clown um, And it's the one thing with, with Harry, um, when he sees the TV upstairs, um, and he watches it for a little while, and the report's coming through about what's going on, and it's, you know, what, you know, inmates have broken out, you know, is it some kind of virus, but all of a sudden now he's seeing reports of the dead coming back to life, and he's like, well, fuck that shit. Dead aren't coming back to life. That's not real. But I love when he carries the TV downstairs, and he gets to know if I was Ben, and the TV gets broken, and he's like, that's the fucking TV that's sitting upstairs. What are you doing? You're trying to take the TV downstairs? He's like, can you get fucking reception down in the basement, you idiot? <laughs> like, you know, like, it's just like the one time it's like, yeah, Ben fucked up. He was just in the moment and he got angry at Harry, you know, and he caused that TV to get cracked, you know, so now you don't have any TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well that, w- that was also the big difference, though, between this version and the original version was that Ben w- is not nearly as cool-headed as he was in the original. He no, definitely absolutely not. Doesn't ha- does not have a 100% plan, you know, and in this one, th- they show that there are times where he questions whether or not he's making the right decision at the time. You know, they, they do change That's, the character here. To... Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Monkey. I'm what sorry. were you going to say, Ghoul? I was being rude. No, no I, was I was being rude. rude. I want you to... Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, this is where, like the ghoul had said, of them switching up the characters, trying to make them a little bit deeper, is, and this time they change it to where he's not 100% the voice of reason. There right. are other people putting stuff out there, but he himself is being stubborn and not listening now as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the one question I want to give to all of you guys, and this goes with the original, and this goes with the remake that we're talking about tonight from 1990. Cooper is telling them, we need to go to the basement. We need to lock ourselves in and be down in the basement. And we'll be fine, and we just wait for rescue. Ben is the one saying, we need to be upstairs. I don't want to be in that death trap. And it happens in both movies, and I see Cooper's point. And I always kind of side with Cooper in a lot of ways, that the basement is the best place to be when the shit goes down. But I also see Ben's point of saying, if we need to get out, we can just get out to the door. Where do you guys side? Are you guys on Ben's side or Cooper's side? I never... I just want to jump on the okay. monkey thing real fast. The only thing right. with that that I wanted to add in there before was that big change. The reason why you see this is because he is no longer the main character. Ben is no longer right. his lead. He's now sharing yeah. the lead with multiple characters. And that's why they made him 
and I feel like that makes him an ineffective character in a lot of ways. I know it makes him Agreed. flawed, which might be more realistic, but again, I think it also makes him an ineffective character. Now, Doc, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I don't necessarily know that either of them is the right answer, or was there one that I was like, oh, I have to do this. Like, they both have positives and negatives, and in, like, their own ways, they're both right. You know, I, I was not like, oh, Ben, uh, you have to go downstairs, or no, oh, Cooper, ben. you need to stay upstairs. So, you know, that there was not going to be, there's no right or wrong answer there. Uh, there's only so long that you can stay in the basement. There's only so long you're going to be able to stay in the house. Mm. Google, what, what do you think? Up, upstairs or downstairs? There's a right answer. You don't put yourself in the basement. Whereas I know that the basement is a good fortification. You keep, you keep yourself on the first floor because mm-hmm. you can get out the doors. You need to be able to escape out of the building. Once you're in the basement, you have no other way out. So if anything gets in, you're screwed. You know, like Ben uses the basement as a last resort to hold himself up. Um, right. At that point, and that's just as simply you're the only person and you're waiting it out. Um, right. When you have a group of people, you can't put that many people in that basement and expect them all to live. They can barely exist in the fucking first floor area while they had things to do, let alone lock them in in the basement with nothing to do. I think there's that, um, you kind of end up having a similar situation to what we see in the Twilight Zone episode that, uh, that you're a big fan of, Doc. Uh, Harry Street or whatever it is. Shelter. The Monsters and Joe Mayberry Street. Or Mulberry yeah. Street. Yeah, that one's that paranoia. Maple Street, that's what it is, yeah. But yeah, no, it's a similar vibe. Definitely. I see that point. So, Mikey, what are you saying? Well, uh, yeah, it's just, again, like the doc said, there's no real right answer here, but one, I I love that they sit there and in this this version, made it quite clear all of the noise that Ben's doing is definitely drawing some attention. Oh, you yeah. know, while yeah. if if they if while if they had just stayed in the basement, maybe they would have been left alone. But I love that they sit there and added another scenario where Barbara goes, "Why can't we just walk past them?" Like seriously, yes. why yeah. can't we just yeah. walk past them? <laughs> That's the biggest thing, and she was right. You know, they're slow. They're just you know, we could just go, we could just leave, and just yeah. basically yeah. run past them. We'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. And we've seen that towards the end of the movie that she's yeah. able to do that. Like literally, just walk past them. And, but and you can do it, and you don't even have to go Shaun of the Dead and be all you know, all you know, King of the right. Zombies. You know, all, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can save. <laughs> Um, but we also, well, I think, we, we also, I think Ben's, yes. you know, Ben's reasoning behind that was not leaving the others behind, you know, yes, including yeah. Cooper's daughter, you know, he specifically yeah. even brings that up, you know, even though him and Cooper have been button heads here, he's still at least showing that he's an empathetic character in regards to understanding that there are more people involved in this situation. And uh, the other two characters that we haven't mentioned yet are, are Tom Bittner and Judy Rose Larson, uh, played by William Butler and uh, Katie Fenneman. Um, that's the Tom and Judy in this movie. You know, Tom's trying to keep everything together, <clears throat> just like he did in the original. You know, but they updated Judy where she's more panicked, more upset by what's going on. The fact uh, that this is Tom's Judy, house. Judy, Judy, um, Judy, Judy. It just. 
what I do love is the fact that Judy still hasn't come to terms with the fact that the dead are rising. And when she sees uh, Magruder coming through the door as a zombie, she's like, you can't kill him. That's Magruder. Yeah, he's, he's an extra neighbor. You can't kill him. And then you have the shot of the one zombie coming through the door, uh, the shirtless zombie. And she's like, is he dead? And she shoots, you know, Barbara shoots him. Is he dead? Is he dead? Like, you know, making the point that these are fucking zombies. Like, they're not people anymore. They are coming back to life, and you need to put a fucking bullet in their brain. You know, wake up, Judy. Like, this is what's happening. Judy took over the Barbara role. That's what they yes. did. Yes. Tom Savini mm-hmm. took Barbara and combined her with Judy. So now you got yourself a country bumpkin that doesn't quite understand everything that's going on, but she's also <laughs> panic stricken. Um, yeah. I, I just we don't know nothing about birthing no babies. <laughs> Yeah, the original yeah. Judy was hot, man. Oh, Judith Ridley was so hot. I love Judy in that 68 version. Um, but, yeah, it's just you, you have her taking over the role, and then you have the, the idea of we're going to take the truck, we're going to take it over to the pump, we got all these keys, we don't know which one's going to work, <laughs> but we're going to try it. This is the problem that I have with the original version, and this is what the problem I have with this one. This one, though, you have Judy driving the truck to the pump, and then you have uh, Tom, uh, Tom in the back, <laughs> and you have Ben trying to get in the back and constantly falling out, <laughs> you know, constantly falling out of this back of this truck. And then when Tom and Judy get to that pump and they realize that the key doesn't work, they do the same thing that I fucking hated in the original. They shoot the lock. You have the butt of the gun <laughs> knock the lock off with the butt of the fucking Look, gun. That wasn't a, a reasonable course of action, you don't think? Ben did the same thing in the original where he decided to shoot the lock off rather than just knock it off with the butt of the gun. I don't know about you guys, but I'm like, why doesn't anybody use the butt of the gun? <laughs> just, why would he just well, shoot first? I do agree with that, but that, you know, again, could, we'll see again. If we go by the original film, right, if I remember the original right, it was when he shoots it that it explodes. At least this time, they give you the fact that, you know, Ben made sure to throw the torch into the oh, bed yeah. of the pickup truck <laughs> so that that's what the gas ignites off of, and then yes, the flame yeah. sucks back into the fucking gas tank to then create the explosion. Yes. So it's not just explosion for explosion's sake. I love the Ben's like, what the uh, hell are you doing? <laughs> you know, don't do that. And that's exactly what Tom does to create that huge explosion. And it's like, oh, shit, they're dead. It's like, yeah, use the fucking butt of the gun, people. It'll work. It'll knock that lock off. I think the funny thing is, is that if you really examine this film, especially when you fast forward and take it to the end and then take it back to now, is if you really look at everything that goes on in this movie, if everybody kept a calm head within the house, and everybody actually, like, took a breather, they shored up the doors, didn't act in a panic, they would have found the key, the television would have never broke, you know, all of the things that occurred, all of the negative things that happened here, they happened because of them, you know, and again, even like the monkey said earlier, you know, Ben banging with all the hammers to shore up the doorways, that's what helps attract them to come over to the household. You know, so all of these little things that occur are all because of us. And that was the fucking destroy everything. Yes, that was the great point they brought up, Ghoul, is because they had said earlier they said to Harry, "Go find the gas key." And he's like, "Yeah, fuck it, not gonna be in the basement." What the fuck do I care? His wife starts to look. 
His wife starts to move, <laughs> yeah. but she never looks in the basement. She starts looking upstairs, but then all the shit starts yep. to hit the fan again. Everybody starts to panic, and she never gets a, a chance to really look for the key. Then they think it might be on Uncle Elma, because Elma's busy running around <laughs> out there still. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you, you get... When all this happens with the truck, you know, with, with Tom and Judy, uh, their demise, you have Ben returning to the house, and you also have Helen Cooper meeting her ends by her daughter, Sarah. Um, I still prefer the original. I still prefer the original with Karen Absolutely. Cooper coming back to life with the trowel, stabbing her mother to death in that basement. And this one was good, you know, with her biting her mom because she's now a zombie, but I, you can't top the original. It's still creepy to this day. It still works. Yeah, yeah, but uh, Ghoul, why don't you go ahead? Because I've got shit to say about this. <laughs> you, you go ahead. Nah, you know what? Take it. Because all I was gonna say is just that you know, I don't know, zombies eat people. Why would you know what I mean? If, if the idea is that these things are trying to eat everybody, why is she gonna use a tool to stab her? She's gonna bite her. It just it made sense. I can't really complain right. about it. But but that was the thing though is okay. Uh, the original version, again, Romero didn't know he was making a zombie movie. He he right. just knew he was making a ghoul movie, okay? So he didn't know the rules about zombies and stuff like that. So, you, you know, uh, you know. so I give the whole thing about using the trial of that because he didn't know, all right? <clears throat> Excuse me. But then it's like I, I'm with you, King, of going with – you know, the original version was just so much better. It's just because it's like if no one else remembers anything else from the original Dawn of the Dead other than I'm, you know, <laughs> they're coming to get you, Barbara, and then this fucking shot. You know, it's this fucking shot that everyone remembers. And um, this is like one of the few moments where the black and white and the shadows and stuff like that, you know, really, really work for the And the soundtrack. Yeah, is just what the crickets? No, that that screeching sound that they had when she was being stabbed um, with the blood oh, on the okay. wall. Like, yeah, yeah. Rewatch that because it's definitely <laughs> creepy. Um, you yeah, know, and, but, but yeah, it's just, good. Yeah, but but it's just that shot is just so much better. It, it's a classic piece of like cinema history, and that's what people watch for when they watch this movie. Is you know, <laughs> that's one of like the, the three key moments of this movie. Mm-hmm. And now you have Harry. Unlike in the original, Harry is now getting the upper hand of Barbara. He's like, you got to give me the fucking gun. Give me the gun. You know, I'm going to take care of some shit. You know, so it's a deviation, but it's also just developing into this character of Harry where he's just a fucking prick the entire movie. You know, give me the gun and I'm going to take care of shit. And then when Ben arrives, you have Sarah coming up from the basement. You know, and I don't like the makeup. I mean, maybe it's just me. Um, it just seemed kind of cartoonish with some of these zombies, you know, where it's, I wanted something a little more simple because I love the look of Kyra Sean who played Karen in the original. It's just, it's more makeup. It's more looking to, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just me, Yeah, but I just, but I wasn't you know, a fan. You're not wrong. Oh, go ahead, I was bothered by it, too. And I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on what it is. It's almost like Savini didn't know what he wanted to go with with it. It's like, he, on the one end, he wanted to make it where it was more... It almost felt like it was more in line with um the bully character in Return of the Living Dead Part 2. Yes, yes absolutely. Went. 
Yeah, I will take that. Yeah. Any of the other like movies, even Dawn and Day, they never really kind of like looked like what she looked like at this point. So it felt out of sorts with the rest of the the zombies that you end up seeing, or whatever ghouls, whatever you want to call them. And with Ben returning, you have uh, Sarah returning as a zombie. And you have Harry wanting to protect her. Like, don't shoot my daughter. Like, it's my daughter. Don't shoot her. But it's, she's dead. You got you to gotta kill her, Harry. Take her out. And he's like, no, I'm going to kill you instead, Ben. Mr. Ben, <laughs> who I've hated throughout this entire thing. And they have this just great shootout that we don't see in the original. But I thought for this version, it worked. The fact that they're finally coming to blows. Where it's like, guys, stop it. Like, stop doing this to each other. Like, you know, it's... Not going to go anywhere good. For, for what yeah, they built, I, it's as good as anything they can do. <laughs> True, but again, though, it's like, you know, you've, you've got this shootout where, you know, you have two people at the point where, you know, they are willing to kill each other and, you know, they want to kill each other. But at yeah. the same time, you know, un, un, unlike the original one, you know, like the ghoul, ghoul was saying, yeah, is why. It's like we, we didn't have those moments of the tension building between them so much. It was just he, you know, he he, he was a dick and ben, Ben's a stubborn ass and doesn't want to listen to the dick. You know, and that's pretty much it. But, you know, to boil, you know, get to the point words, where sorry, yeah. Besides a couple of words, you don't see why Cooper is this doting father. You know what I mean? Like, there needed to be something a little bit more. Like, I got more out of the character in the Dawn of the Dead remake saying at the fucking table with all of them, like, what were you good at? What were you bad at? And he's like, I was a terrible husband, but I was a really good dad. Like, I got more out of that character being a good father than I ever get out of Cooper. So the fact that Cooper, like, I can believe the character freezes at this point. There's any number of things I can believe other than him starting to shoot Ben over the fact that Ben's about to shoot his zombie daughter. Yeah, and that's where the original kind of works better. Because in the ending of the original film, you have Ben returning after the truck explosion to coming in and punching Harry in the face. Like, how dare you let me be out there with the ghouls and not let me back in when you could have had the chance to. You know, he's not shooting him. He's not killing him. He's just beating the fuck out of him because he's an asshole. And that's what leads Harry to retreat back downstairs to find that his wife has been killed by his now zombified daughter. Um, And then he has his ends in the original. So, yeah, in this one, it's updated, but at the same time, I felt like the shootout wasn't needed between Ben and Harry because it wasn't built up enough, like we have all had said. It just, it wasn't earned. Right, exactly. But, um, you know, but moving on, so we have the shootout, and, um, you know, then we have the ghouls just, you know, again, coming to the house and just going crazy and shit like that. Um, And, but instead of running to the basement, you know, (laughs) Surprisingly, Harry is still alive, and now he he goes all the way up, you know, completely opposite of the basement, and hides up in the attic. How is he going to get back down? That was my question. I love during the shootout, even though he's taking a couple of shots, the dramatic dive into the bedroom that he takes after taking that, like, one final shot from Ben. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. these, are, these are established. These are established. Uh, what do you call them? Marksmen, gunsmiths. Well, uh, well, like how, uh, very Mark, talented. Mark, gunsmiths. 
Mark, marksman, I guess is the best word for it. But it's like an action movie dive. You know, it's almost like <laughs> Mike yeah. Arnold dive off the waterfall type of deal. Like an explosion occurred and he went like jumping off into the bedroom. But it's like, <laughs> you have yeah, Ben's been shot twice in you know, in the chest and in the stomach. You have Harry getting shot in the gut. So he decides to retreat to the attic, you know, where he could just hide it out and just wait for this whole thing to blow over and shot of the dead. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, how are you going to get back down? We've seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Once you cleared yourself into that attic, you're not getting back out. <laughs> you're locked up there. <laughs> you know, I've seen that movie. Once you go in the attic, you're not getting back out until somebody lowers that door to let you back no, out. That's, that's only if you have specific types of latches. Believe me, as plenty of fucking uh, as plenty of HVAC technicians can attest to have stepped on those fucking things after some jackass might have closed it up behind them, they slide down real easy, real fast. You know. Oh shit! Um, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, I'm not but, me. Yeah. Thankfully, it was never me, man. But you have. Uh, you know, Ben getting shot and Barbara's still telling him to come with me. Like, let's go. Let's get out of here. He's like, no, I'm hurt too bad. Like, you got to go. You got to get out of here. You know, I'm just going to have to survive. I'm going to have to figure this shit out. Um, and then Barbara leaves and you get the whole thing of, we can just walk past these fuckers. <laughs> like the monkey said, <laughs> we don't even need to shoot them. Like, we can just walk right past yeah. them. I can save ammo and not even shoot that zombie because they're not going to come after me. I can just walk right past mm-hmm. them. Um, I love the fact that when she's walking out of the house, she's aiming at them, but she's not shooting them because she's like, yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I just have to walk right past them. It's They're not trying incon- to attack yeah. me. It's kind of inconsistent, though, because when they're in the house earlier in the film and they're tussling around with them, it seems like these things got a little bit of strength and a little bit of, like, ability to move here and there, like, enough to actually, like, lock them up and put them in a dangerous situation. But suddenly now, while she's busy wandering around outside, you got this one with a fucking baby doll in his hand. And her just looking around and making making faces. Faces, just making faces at it. It's like, hi, I'm yeah. a faces I can make. Like, this is one of those I hated that where one. I feel like it's Ash. It's Ash. You know, like she's yeah. like, be fucking Bruce Campbell. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that zombie with the, the baby, when it comes up on Barbara, and, you know, it makes that face. Again, it's like, the, the, it's like the makeup on Sarah, the actress that played Sarah. It just it doesn't look right. <clears throat> it looks too cartoonish. Where I'm like, okay, fine, you know, do it, and you're going to blow her brains out, and you're going to move on. Um, you know, Ben is trying to the basement. Like, nope, not, not at all. You see the hair, <sighs> but, like, there's no gore. There's nothing, like, good about it. It's like a, the scene is just there to literally have Barbara walk around and make faces. Yeah, as always. Can we just zip back a little bit before she takes off out of the house? And I know that yeah. after she leaves, obviously, they all... Uh, you know, push through all of the boarded-up windows and everything. But did anybody else? Was anyone else puzzled why, when Barbara left the house and left Ben, that she just left the door wide open? Yes, yes. Why would she do that? And I, when I watched it earlier this week, I was like, Why the fuck did she just leave with that door wide open? Like it made no sense. Like she's just like, Okay, Ben, I guess I'll leave, and I'm gonna leave the door open too. Don't worry about it. You're gonna be fine, Ben. You're going to be good. Granted, granted, yes, they then pushed in all of the windows that were boarded up, and and they filled the house. But, like, 
she had time to close the door and leave. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I was just very puzzled that she just left and left the door open when there was some right out below the place. I wanted to bring that up, so I'm glad that you brought that up, Doc. Because she does. She just leaves that door open. It's open. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> you know. I think at times we're supposed to read from her character that she's kind of lost it due to all of this. Like, her idea of insanity is becoming this hard woman, you know? And, like, that's the thing. There's times that we see her kind of make decisions that are supposed to kind of be a little bit not so rational. And, you know, maybe that's her idea of playing the Barbara who is in panic-stricken chaos mode in the original film. Well, new Barbara is a little bit of a badass, but at the same time, she's still kind of fucking loopy because she has no idea. She's just dealing with things as they're coming. Yeah, possibly. Um, that's, a, that's a good. That's a good yeah. theory. Maybe, but a little just, while I, after she leaves the house, she's very emotional when she sees them pull yeah. out the corpse and start eating, and then uh, mm-hmm. the one with the baby doll, like she's like she's crying, yeah. and she's emotional, and but she's having an emotional breakdown at that point. You know what I mean? That's the thing. You've got, you've got no action anymore, so now you can actually <laughs> let feeling and emotion kick in a little bit. You know, especially and again, the yeah, fucking jawing around you. I felt like it was a little bit too late for that truck when they showed the zombies dragging out the body and eating it. Again, Romero did it better <laughs> on the original. Once that truck exploded and you have all the zombies getting into that truck that's been burnt out and they're playing with the intestines and they're fighting over body parts. Like in this one, it's just like, yeah, we got a body and we're going to eat it. And it's like, yeah, it's too little too late. Like, I honestly forgot about it. I was like, oh, wait. Didn't they eat the body that was in the truck? Oh, no, now we're getting it now. We're getting it now as Ben retreats to the basement. I have a question about that, actually. Because don't they like to eat living flesh? If it's only dead, it would be coming back, and therefore they wouldn't eat it. Well, I mean, that's a good question because even Romero's version, you know, they're dead already in that truck when the zombies are yanking out the intestines and pulling out hands to eat. So a certain time has to go by or something. Maybe. Um, but yes, we have Ben retreating to the basement, um, locking the basement door, going down, seeing that Karen, uh, uh, Helen rather, has been turned into a zombie, pulling the gun, shooting her in the head. He's sitting down for that last <laughs> moment where he pulls out the one cigarette and it's fucking broken. And I've been there many times. Nothing's worse than a broken cigarette. When you need one, <laughs> he finds the other one, putting on the radio, listening to the reports about what's happening, and then he sees the gas key hanging on the wall, and he just <laughs>, laughs, like just laughs hysterically over and over again, like how fucking ironic it was right here the entire fucking time, <laughs> like you know, if only we had just checked the wall. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> But we have Barbara running away from all these zombies, and she runs into a truck that has all these bodies in it, including Johnny. Bill Mosley, he's there in this truck. <laughs> and then you have the little boys. Woo, yeah, we're killing some zombies tonight, Betty. What you doing? Hey, girl. <laughs> you surviving shit? Yeah, we're doing it, baby. <laughs> Man, she's like, yes, but I survived. It, but you, why you, you got the short truck. hair like you some kind of boy or something? <laughs> Man, but it's not just like he, they found some trucks. It's like you know she found a whole fucking 
like fucking rent fair kind of setup thing going on, man. Because like they had a fucking uh, French fry truck and a barbecue truck out there. And a sausage, like, that. like, like a sausage truck. No, yeah. no, no. You're yeah. rushing a little bit ahead, monkey. You're rushing a little bit ahead what? because that doesn't happen just yet. When she finds the the crew, the posse, you know that's when you know she's like, I survived, and you can take me away with you. And then she falls asleep and wakes up the next day, and that's when she sees the whole Ren Faire going on with the food trucks. And then you have the, you know, the zombie fight set up. You know, when you have the bodies <laughs> hanging from the trees, and you have the good old boys shooting the zombies hanging in the trees. And that's something that Romero wanted to do in 68. He wanted to have a scene showing the posse just hanging up these zombies from nooses. And they're like, no, George, you can't. It's 1968. That's going to be bad. We can't show that. <laughs> and he's like, okay, uh, I guess I'll just save it. But he wanted to have it just to show the extremes. Um, mm. and, and in this scene, at the end, during this whole, you know, kind of a celebration sequence, you get to see Billy Cardill, who played the reporter in the original 68 version, interviewing a sheriff that's played by Russell Strider, who played Johnny in the original. He's got an eye patch on. He's like, yep, they're dead. They're all messed up. And I was like, oh, it's so cool to see Russell Strider as Johnny in this movie with an eye patch and Chili Billy Cardill, who played the original reporter in the 68 version. So they're getting their cameos in. But again, that's for the fans. That's for the people that love the original version. Like, you're not going to know who they are if you haven't watched the original. You know, so when I saw it this time, I was like, there's Chili Billy. <laughs> you know, and there's Russ Strider as uh, McClellan. You know, but yeah, it's a weird thing that I think would happen even now. You know, if the COVID virus turned people into zombies, this is what you would get. You would get the good old boys hunting down people that got transformed in the ghouls. You know, hanging from trees, having a celebration. You know, having a party. I, I, I know you guys. I know you guys are in. You know, your, your area of Pennsylvania. Oh yeah, we are. Romero <laughs> country. Probably, probably similar. I know I've got some family that lives up in the uh, the northeastern area of PA, and they said that everybody's not only held up, you know, they've all hold themselves up, but they've also all they've gone is bought liquor and bullets. Like all they've gone is <laughs> liquor and bullets. Those are the two things that you can go to any store right now and pretty much not. Yes, you can. Pennsylvania, you get your bullets and your liquor. That's you think we can't get liquor anymore at those stores. You can still get beer. Well, even in Virginia, man, I shit you not. Like, I checked up on my sister. I checked up on my pop. You know, called my sister because she's out of work for a little while, just just like the king. Um, you know, called my pop. Uh, he's retired, but he's fine, you know. And both of them are like, we're good. We got lots of canned goods and lots of ammo. but it's like the monkey you had said it ties it in all into corona when you see this ending where you have people wearing masks you know and and carrying out the bed and putting them out of the pyre and it's like you know it's this virus that's going around killing people Um, but when Bubba wakes up and she sees all this happening and they go to the farmhouse to find out what the fuck happened and now you have all these people at the farmhouse just rooting it, seeing what's there, seeing if there's any people that are there that need help. And they're sawing the door down to the basement because they saw that it was locked. And once they pop that door open, there's Ben. And he's a zombie now. And it's a heartbreaking moment. Because he's a ghoul now. He's not Ben that we knew. Uh, yeah. I, I just, you know, oh, go ahead, ghoul. 
No, you go, man. No, no, you go ahead, man. That's cool. I was going to say, I just I don't like the ending this way. You know, I prefer nope, I don't. the original ending where they just shoot him because they don't know. Yeah. You know, yep. he, he's alive yep. and they don't know it because, you know yeah. what? One, you got, you don't know. Did they do it because he's a zombie and they didn't know it? Did they do it because he's black and they just didn't care? There's any number of reasons why it could have happened in the original film. And this, you know, they, like I said, like we've, I've said it multiple times, he's no longer the lead character of the movie. And no. therefore, all, all he gets is a zombie turn. And then the big, you know, obviously the, the big change up that they want to do as an homage to the original is what comes next. Yeah, you know, they, they shoot Ben, he's an obvious zombie, and then you have Barbara walking through the house, and you have Cooper, he's still alive, huh, you came back, you came back, we're going to be fine. happy, like, not taking into account, like, like his, his wife, his daughter, like, he's so happy. Yeah, yeah Barbara doesn't have any time for this shit. Bam, right in the head. There's another oh, one for the fire. <laughs> Fucking, I I I really enjoyed that scene. <laughs> oh, he got what he deserved. That motherfucker. Yeah, but and it was just so cold. It was just because no, you know, not not a single line from her and no pause at all. It was just her looking at his face and just bam. <laughs> you know, and then you have the two redneck hunters walking in. And they're like, "Well, I guess she's right. I guess that's another one from the fire." So, you know, <laughs> let's throw it on. Um, and then, as the movie ends, you get the the sepia toned uh, stills, just like in the original. Um, but you get more of Barbara's face, and then you get the fire, and you get to see more of the hunters. Again, it's more of an impact in the original version, like the ghoul just said, where Ben survives the night. And he goes upstairs, and he hears people coming out, and he instinctively puts his gun up, and he's gunned down. To me, there's going to be no other movie that's going to have an impact like that. We're like, this is a black man that survived the entire night. He survived. He's not bitten. He's healthy. And then he gets gunned down, because they don't know who he is. They don't know if he's a ghoul. They don't know who he is, and they just shoot him. And then Mm -hmm. even more importantly to that, though, the whole idea, the fact is, how does he survive the night? He survives the night by staying in the basement. Now, in that film, that hits harder due to the fact that he had that head-to-head with Cooper the entire film. They had the racial tension between them. In the end, he had to do what Cooper said to do from the start. That led to him actually surviving and then dying anyway. Here, the fact that he's shot and he's dying in the basement and he's going to come up those steps dead kind of defeats that whole purpose. I agree. Yeah, I hated it. And I don't like it now. You know, seeing Tony Todd emerge up those steps as a ghoul. I was like, it's just not the way to go. You know, you just, you can't top Romero and what he did with Dwayne Jones dying the way that he did at the hands of some rednecks who have no idea who he is. Is he a ghoul? Is he a survivor? We don't know. We just saw him in the window. You know, and it kind of defeats I mean, that purpose. This movie lacks the commentary that the original film added. And whether yeah, or not absolutely. that was in the original yeah. film, whether they did it on purpose in the original film or not, that commentary was there. Those things are there to be read, whether it's in the dialogue, whether it's in the behavior, whether it's in the interactions. This film is just the movie for the sake of the movie. But the like I said, that's where it drops the ball because it's too close to the original to make it worth. Why bother watching this when you can just watch the original? 
And it's a, it's a shame, you know, because when, you, when, you know, all said and done, when it came out in 1990, people had the same reactions that we did, where it's like, you know what, the original is there. It's the, the, it's the GOAT. You know, it's the best zombie movie that you could possibly have. Why do it? Um, the budget was $4.2 million, and it ended up breaking into five point eight. So it's, no, it's not a hit, you know, by any means. You know, it's not like a big return for Romero and Image 10. You know, it, it's a shame. You know, because when you watch it now, you see the good points, but you also see the bad points. You can see why the original is still the original. You know, why that one is the wanted one. And why this one is just there for a cash grab. Right. Yeah, Romero getting money for his, his product, I have no problem with. I think that's the right thing. Absolutely. Right. All right, so Mucky, okay. your pick is next week. Well, what do you got for us? Oh, um, okay. <clears throat> it's fan pick time, everybody. Yeah, another fan pick. Right. All right. It's another fan pick. Yep, because on our Talking Terror page, again, we took requests, and uh, a friend of the show, Brenda, has requested, <clears throat> excuse me, the 1987 Hi, film, <laughs> the 1987 film Blood Diner. Oh shit! We're going Jackie Kong next week. Uh, yes, Jackie we are. Kong Jackie Blood Kong. Diner, <laughs> the spiritual um, sequel to the Herschel Gordon Willis Blood Feast. Mm, Holy shit! We're yeah. actually going there. Yeah. <laughs> and for the, I've been avoiding this and one. For the, and for those of you playing at home, this movie is available on Roku. So it's, it's available there Ooh. for watching. It's on Shudder. <laughs> you know, for those of you cashing in the shut-in promo, I believe it is on Shudder as well. Blood Diner <laughs> is available on Shudder as well. At least the last time I checked it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, Blood Diner. Wow. I mean, I, I have seen this movie many, many times. I'm looking forward Blood to Diner, accepting it. Blood Diner, first they this. greet you, then they eat you. <laughs> That's right, they do. A <laughs> vegan restaurant that's actually serving up cannibal food. So, this wow. Is like a, what a, this is like a, a fan after your own heart, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So we're getting yeah. into it with a fan pick from, uh, who would you say it was, Monkey? Brenda? This is Brenda, friend of the show. And, yeah, okay. she chose a r- really bad food horror movie. So oh, yeah, bad. This right, bad. This should be right. This should be right up to Dean Deli. All right, Brenda, thank you so much for that fan pick of 1987's Blood Diner, directed by Jackie Collins. Yeah, we're very excited. Woo! I've not seen him <laughs> since the 90s. I think the last time oh, I watched that was like 1998. You're, 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 the Dean is just upset because someone else chose a food horror movie instead of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. We love our fans. We love them. <laughs> Again, if you guys have any suggestions at home, you're like, you know, I wish they would cover this movie. Go on to Talking Terror on Facebook. Go on to Instagram, Talking Terror. Let us know what you want us to hear talk about. We love these fan picks. I enjoy them because it's something new. It's something different. Uh, So, yeah, next week that will be the pick. All right. So, thank you so much, Monkey, and we can't wait to hear you back next week. Survive. All right. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks for listening, everybody, and letting the monkey come in your ear. And, Doc, you know what? It's a food pick next week, so let's get our tastes on. We hope we're still here next week. (laughs) And we hope to see you back here next week. Cheers. All right. (laughs) So, Ghoul, I know you gave the plug out earlier. Bon bon appetit. Bon appetit, everyone. There we go. 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Finally, he gave us a pun. <laughs> All right, so you gave the plug out earlier, but let's get it one more time as we close out. Oh, uh, yeah, again, as always, you know, Talking Terror is brought to you by Bonfire Beat Designs. Uh, head on over to Etsy. It's all one word. Put it right into the search engine and go check the stuff out. It's all handcrafted, handmade jewelry, uh, beautiful gemstones, all kinds of stuff that, you know, I can sit here and try to describe, but you're probably better off reading the descriptions and looking at the pictures. Um, you know, she uh, like she also had made those uh, the TP earrings. Um, she'll have to figure out some kind of name to get them back on there. Uh, she was on like a little bit of a perma ban for a little, well not a perma ban, but whatever, a temporary ban. Uh, but that should all be done and fixed, and uh, she'll have everything back up soon enough. So again, Etsy, all one word, bonfire beat designs. Uh, besides that, everybody, stay safe out there. Be kind to one another. Um, try not to be assholes. You know, I mean, that's that's about the best we can do. And then, you know, for all of our responders out there, all the people in the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, all of those people that are working, uh, electricians, plumbers, guys like me, you know, HVAC guys, we still have a job to do. We have to be out there. Uh, people need these things. So, Again, thank you all, you know, and again, try to just be safe and stay inside. Don't get sick. If you do, feel better. (laughs) Yeah, just like you, Ghoul, thank you so much for what you do, you know, being out there in the field when you have to, you know, and helping these problems, you know, and getting solutions. Um, The monkey and I have a friend named Sean who is a, a nurse out in Spokane, Washington. You know, she's working hard, doesn't have the supplies that she needs, so we give thanks to her for doing what she has to do in this time. Um, so that's really it. You know, stay safe. If you don't have to be outside, don't be outside. Watch fucking movies. You got Shudder giving you a free 30-month, uh, free 30-day subscription. Watch those movies. Watch whatever you want. Don't go out if you don't have to. We're going to survive this. Coronavirus, fuck you. We're going to get over you. And we're going to move on to the next one. So until we meet again... Keep America strong. Keep yourselves strong. Watch horror movies. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. We'll see you next time.